If you want to code a smart contract on blockchain, odds are you'll be working with Solidity, the primary software being used to conduct such activities. Today, we've got the opportunity to speak with Alex McCurry, the founder of Solidity.com, a blockchain solutions provider that seized upon the brand name and built a business serving many large businesses and brands to help create the future. So what does the future of blockchain look like to solve problems like ticketing, real estate, and security? You'll find out today on our Solidity Like a Rock, episode number 636 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Hey guys, hey, hey, hey guys, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hi, Travis, are you there? I'm, I'm over here. There's yes. Travis over there. Hey, if you can hear, I'm talking to you this I'm, day. I, I'm Joel, and, and we're, we're the host of the show. I'm obviously Travis, because you remember me, because I'm over here. Remember that one. We're not making fun one. of anybody, by the way. We just got <laughs> back, we just got back from the dentist, so ah. our faces are all screwed up. <laughs> Is this real life? Is it real life? <laughs> Welcome to the show. We are the Black. That was Black. weird. Oh my god, I'm a little weirded out on that one. You're a little weirded out. <laughs> I was a little bizarre. You was, you was born weirded out. Ah, that's true. I, I can't help weird. it. My my face is all numb. I went to the dentist. You know, it did, 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 did a feeling, and now I can't talk. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're glad you guys are here. Smart contracts are a big deal. You know what else is a big deal? Your data security on your mobile phone. Travis, your 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 security on your mobile phone's a big deal, isn't it? Oh, well, I thought you were gonna say something. I was gonna say these nuts are, oh. <laughs> but I did it. See how good I am. And yet like, you I'm, did. I'm behaving more. <laughs> and yet you, did. you know Today's- what else is huge? The show. <laughs> Today's typical mobile operator is automated for efficiency, taking thousands of new SIM card requests per day, 99% of which are legitimate. Unfortunately, guess what? This kind of process is a goldmine for hackers and slackers and smackers. Look, hackers can easily bypass identity checks by stalking your social media profiles, guessing your security questions. What's the solution? Ifani, they block all SIM swaps by default. I use it. I recommend you check it out as well. Go to badcode.in forward slash swap to get protectified today. It's like wearing five condoms over your cell phone. Mm. And, you know, it's I mean, if you think about it, it you go to Facebook, you go, oh, what's this person's mother's maiden name? Oh, just go look at her Facebook profile, because chances are she's got her maiden mm-hmm. name in her profile. Right. Yeah. It's like it's, it, if, if, a, if a hacker is stalkerific enough, like you can believe they're coming, they're going to try to find out as much as they can about you. And her password is password. So I uh, got a great interview for you guys today with uh, Alex McCurry, our new friend who also lives here on the island of Puerto Rico. And we're going to talk all about solidity and surrounding interesting areas in blockchain tech. Let's go. Whenever somebody comes to me and says, how do I do a smart contract? 
for blockchain. I say, well, you need to hire a developer that knows solidity, be real solid in solidity. And today we have with us the founder of Solidity, solidity.io. His name is Alex McCurry. He's a biz exec, blockchain expert, investor, and a writer. He founded and he owns Solidity. He's obviously got a background in software product design, digital strategy, equity, and venture capital. Alex, are you ready to be grilled? Ready. Ready for the grilling. Like a hamburger or a hot dog, depending upon your whatever you like very much. Welcome to Bad Crypto, good sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's good uh, Good, finally connecting with you guys and be able to do this. Well, you say it's good now, but, you know, give it time. That that could change. Um, very early still, very early. Yeah. We discovered from uh, checking out your bio that you, too, live on the island of Puerto Rico. Uh, and how long have you been here? I've been in Puerto Rico um, almost two years. So I moved early at the beginning of 2021 um, over to the island. So, yeah, been, um, been, been interesting. It's been great. Are you a surfer? Because you're on the west side in surf town. I, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I've tried, but, uh, you know, attempted. But it's, I mean, I, I have a lot of buddies that surf, but not, not, really, my, not really my thing. I, uh, I tried surfing in my imagination, and I got hurt, so I've not gone out and done it. It it didn't feel good. Yeah, you don't realize how how possible it is to drown. I don't think until you actually like try to surf. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why I don't do uh, um, diving. Uh, you know, like scuba diving because I'm allergic to uh, not breathing. You know, oxygen. I'm I'm a big fan of oxygen. You know, some people can actually do it. Some people can't. And uh, my brother-in-law, he used to be able to be amazing at it. And then something happened. And now he can't actually breathe through the thing anymore. And he was like in a pool trying to do it. He's like, I've done this before. Why can't I do this now? Like something, there was some block. And so he couldn't actually, he can't actually uh, do the diving anymore. And I didn't even try. I was like, well, good luck with that. Because none of y'all want to see me in that wetsuit. You'd float really well, though. I'm really good at floating. I'm I'm allergic. I'm allergic to not floating. You're you're, you're very buoyant. So, uh, Alex, how does uh, somebody decide? Hey, I'm going to create a, a programming language that everybody's going to end up using to make smart contracts. Well, so yeah. So actually, I so I'm not I'm not the creator of Solidity, the programming language itself. So the Solidity was the. Yeah, we need that guy. Can you, can yeah, you yeah. go and get that guy? For All me? right, never mind. Yeah, thanks so for I coming on to Bad Crypto. It was great <laughs> chatting with you. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Leave a review. All right, guys. It was a, it was a good time. Thanks. <laughs> we'll chat later. Oh, we got no, this guy. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so you got uh, you got like the, the discount, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, no, but so Solidity was, is, the, is the primary programming language used for programming smart contracts, mainly on, on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, it was developed as the programming language that ma- mainly it was initially proposed by Gavin Wood, who's one of the co-founders of Ethereum, but it was mm-hmm. developed by, by Gavin Wood and Vitalik basically as the, as the programming language that they use to, you know, program smart contracts on, on Ethereum. So I, um, ended up, uh, acquiring the domains Solidity.io and Solidity.com. And so those domains are the uh, sort of the name that we 
you know, run our, our company under, which is a web three, uh, product development company, software development company, um, and, uh, incubator. So we build software products, invest in different projects, protocols in the space, um, build solutions that use blockchain technology, mainly on Ethereum. Um, but we work with a lot of, with side chains and layer twos and things like that as well. I want to I want to say this real quick. I mean, for one, Alex, it's awesome that you're able to 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 jump on and be like, all right, you got solidity.io, you got solidity.com. So you had to be really early in the game to even be like, oh, here's this computer language. Like, for one, how are you, Gavin Wood or uh, Vitalik, and not register those domains? It seems weird to me. Do they, do they own solidity.org? Like, what's the official Solidity website? So I think the, the the website that has the documentation is solidlylang, I believe, .org or something like that. See, what a um, shitty domain name. You got a way better domain. You got literally solidity.com and solidity.io. Yeah, so the um so the the interesting thing is the guy who I bought it from was uh, is a big uh was like a bitcoin guy since like 2011, 2012 really early. Mm. Um is invested in like a a big crypto bank and just a, a big technology investor. And he he told me this after I actually bought the the .io, which is actually what I bought first. Um, but he told me after I bought it, he's like, "Yeah, actually, the Ethereum Foundation approached us and tried to buy this. I don't know how much of this is true, but I I tend to believe it because he told me after it wasn't a marketing tactic to sell it to me. He told me after I bought it, um, and he was like, "Yeah, they you know we they they came to us. They wanted to buy the domain. Um, I don't know." Whatever, yeah, I looked it up. up it ended up not happening but yeah it's soliditylang.org and basically okay. they've got links yeah. to the githubs and all that that you can uh, get to from there but yeah what a what a great coup to be able to do that so what kind of uh you know brands and partners have uh, come your way to say hey we want to build with these guys yeah i mean we we've, we've been working on a lot of really cool stuff um just really our our core focus is bringing blockchain and web three technology to sort of traditional software products. So I would say that, you know, we've done a lot of work with, um, we've done a lot of work from like the sort of, I would say high level, more brand focused stuff. So work with companies like Kia and Vans and, and brands that are looking to do, you know, NFT based activations to more like engineering, deep DeFi, um, you know, lending and asset indexing protocols and, and building, you know, essentially on-chain financial instruments for financial institutions or, um, you know, protocols. And then, you know, more recently, we've been doing a lot with, you know, NF NFT-based ticketing systems. We've done a lot of really cool stuff with, with NFT ticketing, um, creating ticketing solutions um, that ba basically, you know, to be able to integrate web three or integrate web three experiences for, for some really big crypto and NFT brands, uh, all over Europe. Um, and then more recently we've been working on, uh, we're, we've been doing the, the full stack audit and some product development for the ApeCoin DAO board, Ape, uh, marketplace, the NFT marketplace for ApeCoin DAO. So that's been really, really fun, really interesting. Um, and, a bunch of other stuff in between. 
So, mm. yeah. You're hitting on some really good topics there, bro. You're hitting on, you know, NFTs and tickets. Like, you know, a lot of people, when they think NFTs for one, right, you know, they're, they're thinking of apes. Like I, I was just at a conference and it was a two day conference around business. It's called the crypto business conference. And a lot of the people were talking about NFTs and most every one of them was like, oh, and board apes this and board apes that. But it's like, no, 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 no. Those collectibles are one element. The PFPs and sure, those are cute and that's nice. But there's so many elements of NFTs that are just going to be technologies that are a lot of NFTs are probably not. They're, they're going to be like marketing tools. They're not even going to be all that valuable. I would say 90 percent of them probably won't be valuable at all. But a lot of them, you're going to have tickets. You're going to have some of these other things that make, you know, music rights, film rights, a lot of these other areas that are just so valuable. And for you to tap it in on the NFT ticket side of things, I mean, Joel, how many times have we talked about freaking concert tickets being something that needs to be solved? For years now, I, obviously, you know, there's so many things that are broken with concert tickets from uh, scams. Right. Where you're mm -hmm. not actually buying the actual ticket. Blockchain solves that. Yeah. Those scalpers put them out of business, brother. Those are no good. Scalpers uh, selling tickets at exorbitant rates. Uh, you know, that that's that's not a good thing. And then, of course, you've got post event. You know, if you've got mm -hmm. a ticket that you went and saw a concert, well, now you just got this ticket and maybe you gave your email to, you know, the venue or the band and they can email you. They don't really know if you went to the show or not. Could have been somebody else you gave the ticket to. But if you got it in your wallet, they know you were there and now they could reward you in perpetuity. Hey, you're a fan. You were at this. Hey, you went to three shows in, yeah. in 2022. That's so freaking great. Boom. Yeah. Like, for example, I want to share this with you, Alex. So I bought two Super Bowl tickets right last year because I want to go Super Bowl with my son. Never been to the Super Bowl and uh, bought them before the Super Bowl during the playoffs. And I was like, all right, we're going to go. It'll be good. And um, the Chiefs, Joel actually came along with his girl, lovely girlfriend and the Chiefs decided to lose after being up 21 to three. They decided to lose the game. Right. Yes, hats. So, so I'm like, I'm going to sell these tickets. Right. I'm like, I don't want I'm not going to the Super Bowl to go see the Bengals. I want to see the fucking Bengals in the Super Bowl, right? And so uh, I basically sold them. And I, when I, the, the price that I bought them for, I bought them for like 5,500 each, which is for one is insane, but it was crypto summer. So I got to say at that time, it was good times. Then on top of that, they have the $2,000 total of convenience fees for these two tickets, right? Which is absorbent and ridiculous. And then, Joel, as you mentioned, I actually, I didn't go. I sold them to somebody else, but I got the commemorative tickets sent to me, the real tickets, and those ticket values are $1,600 a piece. They sold those to me for $5,500 a piece. That's like a 3X, 3.5X or something on this. And guess what? The NFL didn't get any of that extra of that because they, they could have had a percentage built into the smart contract, right? They could literally have that be a much better solution. Yeah, it's it's crazy when, when people think about NFTs, they think they think like board ape or they think PFP. When really the the use case of the underlying technology is the fact that you have this immutable hash that can be linked to some sort of thing, right? So whether that's digital ownership, prop, it's digital exactly. asset ownership. Yeah, it's it's digital ownership. It's and mm -hmm. and it's people don't really realize the applications, but you have you have exactly what you're talking about. You have, you know, sort of the count, you know, you have anti counterfeit risk, right? Because you essentially are protecting against all counterfeiting, which is a massive, massive 
you know, protection, just, just counterfeiting, right. In general, if you're talking about tickets, you're talking about with, with, uh, artwork, if you're talking about with, you know, luxury items, if you're talking about with, with whatever, right. You have, you have basically a solution to counterfeiting with ticketing. You have the solution to, you know, check, you know, it solves a lot of check-in and registration issues. So people can't reuse tickets, reuse badges, stuff like that. Um, there's, a lot more applications when you're when you're talking about tokenizing assets the way you were talking about so tokenizing royalty rights tokenizing music rights tokenizing uh property that's something that that we're working on a bit as well as you know tokenizing uh title and deed transfer um in the real estate industry which is a huge market um the process for transferring title ownership in real estate is extremely extremely complicated and requires a bunch of intermediaries and requires a really outdated system um, when really you don't need that you you can it basically nfts solve solve for solve for everything right because the main issue with transferring transferring assets is you're trying to legitimize you're usually trying to legitimize the app the the asset and you're trying to legitimize the consent of the buyer and the seller and then you're trying to have a you know in some instances some sort of provenance or 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 record of that right that can be stored whether that's privately or publicly okay so here's you know and and we've been talking about that for some time that your home deed you know your car title all of these things your id will all become nfts but the the problem that i have with this is we still have issues with theft so if somebody can steal a bored ape um they and now they own that thing they can steal your your home deed so what happens then somebody comes along you know they end up hey the home deeds in my wallet i own this Mm. house such a good point bro you you Mm. get you kind of give yourself away that you're a thief i mean for one thing but talk about that how does this yeah you know where you are you know where the home is like that is (laughs) that's a really weird use case there bro yeah so i mean the in terms of the in terms of adding protections and redundancy around transfer that's actually pretty straightforward. So you you can do things like, for instance, if you're thinking about the title, if you're thinking about transferring property ownership, you have a few parties in, a, in the transfer of property, right? You have a buyer, you have a seller, usually you have like a seller's agent, you have a buyer's agent, and you have typically, depend, depending if it's an attorney state or non-attorney state, you have, uh, you know, a usually a lawyer, right? Or a realtor or someone who's, who's a party of that transaction facilitating the transaction. So with blockchain what you can do is you can add a layer of redundancy around the identification of the individual who's transferring that asset so like a multi-key type of a uh, multi-sig type authentication where you say okay we're going to kyc a private key to an individual so say i'm the i'm the i'm the 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 attorney and joel you're the buyer and travis you're the seller you're going to say okay i'm going to i'm going to sell this i'm going to list this property you know Travis, you're going to list the property for whatever, a hundred grand. Julie, no, you're going to say, okay, no, no, no. Way more than that. Way more than that. Way more than a hundred grand, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. A hundred ETH. A hundred million, hundred billion, whatever. I like, right? you're I like how you're it. thinking over there, Mr. Alex McCurry. So, so you list it, right? And then part of that listing process is you actually saying, okay, I'm going to sign, right? This message from my private key, which could be one layer in a, in, in the process of you legitimizing your intent to sell that asset. So part of it could be the same way that we have two-factor, three-factor authentication on, on bank accounts, 
or on you know centralized exchanges, right? You could have an email verification, you could have a Google Authenticator verification, you could have a phone number verification where you have to put all these codes in in order to verify. And then you could also have a private key where you actually have to sign a message from your wallet in order to, to validate the transaction. And then with the multi-sig functionality, you could have the buyer, the seller, who all have to agree to that. And then you can also have a third party who could be the attorney who would also have to validate that transaction on their end as well. So why aren't we implementing that type of security now through traditional Ethereum and, and other NFT marketplaces? You know, OpenSea, if we list something, we give OpenSea permission. You know, we sign the contract, say, OK, we're listing this. We're giving you access. But there's people that steal board Apes and other NFTs out of wallets directly. Why don't we have uh, a way to just lock that down now that says, hey, this is in my wallet and I'm not authorizing transfer out without it is locked. It is locked, irrevocable, right? That's the, the, that, and that's the biggest thing. And that's the biggest thing that people don't really realize about the, about the fraud and the theft in the industry is that 99.9% of it is actually the, 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 I'm going to say the fault, right? But the fault of someone making a mistake. You're saying they get fished, they click a link, they get fished, they click a link, they sign a message, they don't have a Mm. hardware wallet, they don't have you know that's true. It is like 99% user error. Like the blockchain's not getting hacked. Like sometimes the wallet gets hacked, but people are just not doing good practices, right? Or it's not easy for us yet. You can't get a private key out of nowhere. You can't pull it out of the air, right? So if you have your private key in a, in a, if you have everything stored, if you have it stored securely in a ledger, you have it stored in a hardware wallet, or you have it stored under a multi-sig, the, you're not, it's not that someone can just magically figure, you know, crack the code, right? It's not like they're just guessing and then they get a, a seed phrase randomly and then they plug it in and now whatever's in that wallet, they're able to take. That's not a thing. So, is, yeah. It's a wild time, though. It's like it's still kind of scary for people because people don't have the brain wherewithal to train themselves to remember those 12 words in a row or remember those 24 words in a row. Right. Like you got a few MetaMask terms like who's remember that maybe. So that's there's like a whole opportunity for people to do a mnemonics memory exercise, like how to remember your your code. So it doesn't got to be written anywhere. Right. But um, when, when you're working on and you're developing you know, you're, you didn't develop solidity, but you're working with solidity. So like how many of these different areas are you guys personally dealing with and what actually happens at solidity.io? Like, what, are you guys, are people connecting with you to build stuff? Are you guys building stuff on your own? Like, are you contributing to solidity? I'm sure people want to know some of those things. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we, we, we do a lot of work, uh, with, with partners. So we work with, um, companies and, and partners that, you know, we really come in as like at, at a technical partner level, I would say. So we'll come in and sort of provide everything from, you know, it just, just writing the contracts is, is actually not the, the biggest piece of the work, I would say. Developing smart contracts, that piece, doing so securely, having a really trusted, you know, party who's helping you with that is really important, obviously, because that piece is where a lot of risk lies. If you, ha- if you don't know who's developing those contracts, if you don't know the, the person who's developing your contracts, if they're, you know, someone off of Fiverr, off of, off of some freelance website, there's a lot of risk that's involved. Because like I said, the same way that something is probably not going to get hacked by a third party if they're trying to steal an NFT, someone's probably not going to hack your smart contract as a third party if things are done properly. Most of the risk is going to come from an internal error or a malicious actor, right? Mm-hmm. So 
most of our work is really at the contract level, developing contracts, developing blockchain-based solutions. And then a lot of it is really uh, design product-focused integration. So building the user interfaces, building the products out sort of end-to-end, helping you know determine, okay, we want to integrate this. We want to use blockchain in this way, in this context of whatever it is that we're building. Okay, now how do we do that? How do we do that at the contract level? And then what's the architecture look like at, at a full stack level? I, I want you to yeah. blow our minds here, okay? Because you see a lot of stuff. Obviously, I don't want you to break any confidence or NDA, but if you can, in a general sense, provide us with one or two use cases that you see coming in the not too distant future that are game changers. Anywhere in blockchain, it doesn't have to be NFTs. Just like what is going to unwind here that we're going to see that's like, oh, this is a huge shift. This use case is mind blowing. Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's there's a lot of stuff. Um, hmm. Do love being put on the spot? I think that I think that real estate is one that I like. I think every single real estate transaction will occur will be able to occur digitally um, in the next five to ten years. And we'll be able to be, I think you'll be able to buy a home the same way that you could buy, uh, you know, almost as easily as like you could go and buy a laptop online. How does that change the game for realtors? Because right now, a lot of times real, you know, some realtors work really hard. They hustle, they build relationships, and then they get the deal. And, you know, depending upon how it's set up, they could be either getting 6% or split, you know, between buyer and seller 3% each. But a lot of times they don't, many times they're not necessary to do a transaction. I don't, I don't need a middleman to buy a lot of things. And honestly, um, to buy a house, you don't necessarily need somebody that you're paying that big a commission. What happens to them? Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. I think that the, the, uh, the realtors themselves in terms of being able to facilitate transactions are going to be basically not, they're, they're not going to be very useful. So the, the, the fees that you're going to be able to charge to just facilitate a real estate transaction are going to go to almost zero. The thing that's going to be valuable is listings, right? So listings will always be valuable. If you have good listings, that is what's going to be the, you know, the hot commodity, so to speak. So there might be some way for realtors to generate value in terms of saying, you know, in, in some way, right? Via like how they're getting listings, how they're bringing listings to market, how they're bringing listings to certain places. Um, but the listings are going to be what's, what's worth something. The process for the transaction that's currently really, really complicated and requires a bunch of different people to be involved and costs a bunch of money and is a huge pain that isn't going to exist. So all of that, all of the people in that process, I think are going to get, you know, more or less competed away by the technology. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wild space when you're looking at all this stuff that's going on here. And I just did a keynote recently talking about some of these these future use cases of NFTs. Right? Um, actually, if you're tuning in, you can go to that. It's Linktree, linktr.ee forward slash future of NFTs. And we talk NFT gaming. Those are going to be a big component of 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 what's happening with NFTs and using code and and using things as a smart contract like identity. Right. With things that are revocable and non-transferable by certain entities, you can see how some of these are going to be very valuable within civilization. Right. And you can see how other things 
could get taken over. Like there could be a dark side to, to blockchain and, and, and NFTs as, as governments get their hands into irrevocable, untransferable access to things. What is, what's some of the, and, and here's one of the things I, I like, I know Joel does as well, is like, as we're learning and we're before the big wave of crypto hits everyone, because it will eventually, right? We're here at the beginnings of it and we want to help shape things so it's not so, it doesn't get wonky. We don't want these authoritarian dystopia panopticon stuff, right? We want this to be much better. So what is the warnings that you would have for people and how can we get ahead of this in a way to, to facilitate this that we don't get trapped with the technology? Yeah, that's that's a struggle, right? Because basically the, you know, we a lot of people have traded, you know, privacy for uh for you know convenience, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have this trade-off of you have the companies that are doing things in a decentralized manner, and those companies are are the companies that we would root for, right? Because we we're pro privacy, we're pro sovereignty, we're pro having having custody of our assets and and being able to to you know, be the the stewards of our own financial, you know, lives, basically. And that's a lot of what what blockchain crypto offers. Um, but then when you when you talk about, well, where are all the biggest technology companies, where are all the best engineers in the world, where are all the best designers in the world, where are the best software products going to get built? Those are the big corporations. And those are the centralized entities that have that are going to be, you know, you have meta, right? And you have these different companies that are going to be trying to get control. So no, it's, screw it's, meta. Right. Well, of course. Right. And that, but that's, that's sort of the trade-off is, you know, ultimately I think that as it's really just a matter of education. It's, it's a matter of people understanding the difference. And so there are going to be parties of people who are willing to give, there's going to be a spectrum of who's willing to give more privacy, who's willing to give up more for more convenience and who are the people who are going to be a little savvier and who are going to, who are going to recognize the risk of doing that and are going to use the decentralized products because they're both are going to be available, right? You're going to have, there's going to be competition. There's going to be, there's going to be the centralized offerings, which are going to be really easy to use. And, but they're not really going to be blockchain products. They're going to be, they're going to be like web 2.2, right? Web Mm 2.4. And then you're going to have the stuff that's like web 3.0. And then you're gonna have everything in between because really you have, you have a range in terms of, you know, do you keep things fully on chain? Do you keep mm-hmm. things, you know, it's partially on chain, partially off chain with a centralized database. And that those pieces are going to be where a lot of that, you know, a lot of that kind of happens. Well, I want to say this, just, I know like Joel is a futurist. He's already in web four point like three. I'm still in web 4.20 and um, just hanging out here. Catch up, bro. Trying to catch up to bro, bro, whatever <laughs> they're saying these yeah. days. Web 420. That's where Travis right. is. Wants I'm to in be. Web 420. That is good. <laughs> I have a question. I have a couple of questions on these because it's like it's interesting talking to someone at a level who codes like in this and have has teams that are doing some of these things. So what I want to ask this is NFTs and SEC and how they're regulating stuff now. I mean, I don't necessarily know how deep you go onto that, but like it would seem to me that instead of pestering each individual NFT person, why don't this, why don't the governments just say, okay, add an extra 10% on t- on taxes for us built into the smart contracts. And then you don't even got, people don't have to t- pay attention and go down all these ridiculous rabbit holes. Yeah. So, I mean, they, 
the difficulty is that they really can't, right? Because they can't control the blockchain. They can't control contracts. They can't control that. But mm-hmm. what's going to happen is they're going to need, in my opinion, they're going to need to mandate at the organizational level and they're going to need to mandate at the structural they, level. They, 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 the government, government authority, right? They're going to need to mandate at the organizational level. They're going to need to say, if you're deploying an NFT, these are the parameters. If you're tokenizing, if you're gamifying in any way, right? If you have any sort of form of yield that you're earning, if you have any form of, you know, uh, liquidity via the token, if you have any form of uh, securitization, essentially, like in, in their viewpoint, they're going to need to make the determinations around what those things mean, how they want to classify those those entities, because those entities are essentially right now operating as as you know, these like quasi companies, sometimes they're more companies, sometimes they're more decentralized. Yeah. So maybe they need to say starting now, moving forward, if you create something, because you can't, you can't go back in time and unregulate things in a, a, you know, oh, I got to go regulate this unregulated area that wasn't even a regulation. So nobody was thinking about any of that. You can't go back and change all that stuff. So it's got to be a forward moving thing, right? Well, you can't, you can't say that, you know, you should have known something was going to become illegal. So you're in trouble now, right? So you, you should have, so Alex. Has- Joel, why didn't you tell him? I know. <laughs> I didn't want to. It was right. a secret. None of your business. You didn't pay me to tell you. So you're on your own, bro. I'll figure it you're out. You're a futurist, bro. You're a futurist. <laughs> figure it out for yourself. Okay, man. that's good. Figure I, it out for yourself, futurist. That's right. <laughs> I, I had a really great question before you threw me off. Did I ruin it? I it, was, it was so good. It was like, Alex, it was going to be the bomb. It was like the best. Was you the know, best I had put notes down. I put a note. Now. Yeah, yeah, I ruined it all. I have oh, another question yeah. if you want to throw one out while you yeah. think of your brilliant question. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about this then, Alex? You said the best talent is stuck in corporations. It's in centralized things, right? That's what we're talking about. So how long until we decentralize those and then do actual true security token offerings through Solidity in a way that you can say this is an official business that goes through the government sanctity, through the algorithmic codifications, regulations, right? And now it's like the Apple, I go and buy a MacBook. Well, my MacBook's piece of shit now because now they go, oh, sorry, you got the bloated spicy pillow. You got the one with the touch bar and it's screwed up now. Sorry, you can replace it and buy a new one. But I didn't get any Apple coin. Like if I'd have gotten some Apple loyalty reward sort of stock token, I'm buying in, I'm supporting you. I get some love as the company grows. Like we're early adopters. Like how long until we get into that world for corporations being cooler? I think that that's right around the corner. I think that we were already starting to see some of that with some of the preliminary sort of rulings that the SEC is making. I think some of some some companies and protocols are taking steps to sort of prepare for that the best that they can. And I think that's going to be really great. Once that happens, it's going to be awesome because then the companies are going to really flood in. They're going to have a framework that they can use for for how they how they plan to engage. To answer your question about the talent, I think what's really interesting is you know traditionally all these all these big web two companies have basically been you know talent vampires right they hire all of this like the, the best talent out of the best schools you know all all of these you know top level engineers a lot of times they're they're hiring it's to, to some degree they're hiring just because they want to have a stranglehold in the talent because they don't want the talent to go elsewhere and compete with them right and so it's it's really, it's really unbelievable, actually, especially when the market's really good. They're like hiring, hiring, hiring. And a lot of times 
these engineers are not even working on anything super interesting or super meaningful to them, but they're, they're, it's the, it's them wanting to have a stranglehold on the human capital so that they can have all of, all of those people in their organizations so that they're not going elsewhere, building, building competing products. The cool thing about the market that we're in right now is what I've been seeing is a lot of the top level talent is now, you know, there aren't as many options. And so there's sort of the opportunity now where you have really high level talent who is exploring different opportunities since a lot of these big companies have sort of started doing layoffs and have started, you know, pause their hiring. And so I think that that's also why, you know, people say that, you know, when you're in a bear, a bear market, so much building happens. I think that's part of why is because the, is because of the, the shift in what the, in what the best talent is focusing on. It's so a I think build market, bitches. That's that's what we're doing right now. So um, appreciate your input today, Alex. Uh, one last question before we we call it a solidity day, a solidity day. I like that. Um, when is this going to turn around? When is the market going to uh, come out of slumber? Is it is it going to be you know approaching the having again, or do you think that because so many big companies, you know, Google working with Coinbase and, and so on, et cetera, so many big banks that it, it's going to accelerate into, you know, 2023 a little faster. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's impossible for us to predict, but I think that. Well, you can't, you can make a prediction. You could be wrong because I'm right. I'm wrong most th- of the time, but I like to make. Predictions. Yeah, I, th- I think that, I think that in my opinion, we should be hope the the reality is that the technology itself is is what it is, and it's so good that it's going the the market and everything else is going to follow follow the technology. The market's going to follow the value that this industry adds to humans, to organizations, to companies, to enterprises, to software, to everything. And so, for me, I my viewpoint is let's hopefully the market stays the way that it is. Hopefully, it gets hopefully it gets worse as long as possible shut up the most time possible it hurts to just to, <laughs> i know it, hurt, it hurts but it's really for, for me that's my outlook because it's an opportunity to build and prepare and because ultimately we're going to be rewarded that much more when 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 things turn around the things are going to turn around it could be in six months from now it could be a year from now it could be two years from now i don't know it you know the macroeconomics sphere is really wild right now you have Mm. you have russia you have you know china talking about invading taiwan they got all the microchips over there you've got you know all of the you've got all of the you know the fed and everything that's going on with interest rates so there there's you know the macroeconomic stuff is uh obviously going to have an impact um and so you know that's probably something to keep an eye on but um yeah, I, I think that, you know, ultimately it's just about accumulating, right? You want to just accumulate what you can, um, not financial advice, but you want to accumulate what you can, right? Um, what you can at the right can. price at the right time and good luck on that, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, how it goes. And you just have to have, and you have to have conviction. You have to be on a longer timeline than, you, you know, these line. short time frames. You have to be looking way further out. No, bra. I, I, I bought a shit coin yesterday and i was told it was going to 10x by today and i'm really upset yeah it's been 30 minutes already (laughs) um all right so joel actually said fake news because i have have one more question 
And uh, actually, I have one comment right now. So Gavin Wood actually has stepped down from the CEO uh, of Parity Technologies and now is going to become the chief architect officer of Polkadot now. So he wants to make it more relevant to large swaths of the population. I think that's interesting. My question to you, Alex, is Solidity. What blockchains all can use Solidity? How do you view this? Is it a programming language? Is it a platform? What chains is it on? We know it's on Ethereum. What about XRP? What's that built on? I mean, just, I mean, what are some of those other ones there? And if you want to cover that quickly, I know we're about ready to wrap up, but I find this fascinating to chat with you. Yeah, so, I mean, so Solidity is uh, is the programming language for Ethereum and the the EVM, right? So mm -hmm. any any blockchain that's operating on the EVM, so that could be the Binance Smart Chain, that's Polygon, that's Avalanche, Arbitrum, um, you know, any Ethereum layer two essentially is, big, is going to be stuff. Solidity. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's um, it's basically everything that's Ethereum, Ethereum compatible. Yeah. There you go. So mm -hmm. if you want to build out, you want to look at Solidity, and if you want to find the development team that can make it happen solidity.com or solidity.io could be the place for you yeah. uh, alex thanks for coming on today dude we uh we appreciate your info and insights i appreciate it guys i really appreciate you having me on i'm super super stoked so we definitely got to get together for for blockchain week oh yeah when Very you're nice. on the crypto rico for show that is it and you know what what a, what a like uh, legit name you're like yeah with solidity like that sounds as official as it can even though that you said yourself you're not officially official with solidity you're building on it and teaching people how to do it but i even say in the eyes of the vc they're gonna be like oh well you're working with solidity like pr probably a lot of people don't even know the difference between the two yeah i try to i i don't i don't i don't want to mislead so it's like I, you know when people people do definitely you know think that it's the same thing, mm -hmm. which we're obviously building on it. We're obviously, you know, huge proponents of, of Ethereum and the Ethereum network. And we're trying to add value to the network. And we're trying to build on, on the ecosystem. We're trying to do everything that we can to support it. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, just try to try to make sure that I'm not taking credit for something. Right that's you guys are killing it over there. Congratulations on all you're doing and the way you're thinking about it and the way you're building the future. Nicely done. Trav, Trav, that, that interview was swell. While we were doing the interview, the dentist worked on the other side of my face. <laughs> so how is your face? It, I'm, I'm drooling. Sound, I'm so drooling weird. everywhere, slobbering. That's, well, is it on your microphone? It's <laughs> slobbering into you the microphone. maybe you want to drop the mic. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, great. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on the show again, Alex. And uh, you guys go check out solidity.io and solidity.com. Trev, you are so right that like what a coup to get those domain names. <laughs> right, right. Is it sounds just official like you are so official. It's like not even. How can you argue with it? You're like, solid. You know it's uh, it's solid, solid. and uh, do check out the links that uh, travis has compiled at link tree link tr.ee forward slash future of nfts links to that as well as everything referenced in this episode or in the show notes for this here episode you could find them easily by going to badco that's b-a-d-c-o dot i-n notice it spells bad coin badco.in forward slash 636 and you will find all of those links right there for your convenience very convenient i feel totally convenient extra now and and just because you listen to the show doesn't mean you have to have a root canal 
and having your teeth pulled, but you might want the Novocaine just because it feels really funny on your face like this. And because I want to thank you for listening to the show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really great that you guys listen to the show. And what I really like is when you guys like to leave reviews. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Five stars. Five star Five reviews. Five star reviews. Mm-hmm. Stay bad. And, and, and yes, yeah, stay bad. Stay The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Bash. No, I can't. I can't feel my face. Wait, I have a question for you, Travis. When you do this thing with your voice, which side of the mouth do you slur through? Because I'm using my right side to slur. I don't know. You You did I mean think about it. Which side is the slur? I'm slurring on the right side. side. Okay. There's a right side. I'm a right side slurrer. I'm a right side slurrer. That's really nice. I'm glad I know this.